Internet, we are back at it. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something, okay? I am so happy to let y'all know that, like, about seven years ago, I quit smoking cigarettes. Cold turkey. I'll never forget that, okay? And I want to let people know. Sometimes I don't speak about this shit that, 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 that much, but I need to let people know. Seven years ago, I quit smoking cigarettes cold turkey, okay? After smoking Newports, okay? Newport 100s, to be exact, for 17 years. And I must say, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. And I want to tell you, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I said it before and I'll say it again. One of the most challenging things I ever done in life is quit smoking cigarettes. And I'll never forget, my daughter was 11 at the time. And she'd been asking me to stop smoking for about two years. And I remember one day she turned around to me and said, how can you tell me to do something when you can't even do it yourself? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, fucking girl's 11 years old. What the fuck is this girl talking about? But from that exact moment, I quit cold turkey. And it was frustrating. It was tough. But I was determined to show my daughter that change can happen. I always call my daughter the reason. And that would be another reason why. I'll never forget, though, that first day I quit smoking, I, um... My ears were hot. Like I'm, I, like it was like, I, it, I was like, damn man, this shit is getting tough, man. I, was, I felt like I was having hot flashes on my fucking ears, but uh, I stuck with it. I, I stuck through it, and and I, it was about like seven thirty, and I literally went to bed at seven thirty on a Friday night because that was the only way I could fight the fucking the fiend addiction of like you know smoking. But but to be honest with you, a lot of people say they they it's hard to quit, but they don't try. You know, there are little things I did that led up to me quitting. I want to uh, share them with the internet so hopefully it can help you. You know, I had I had leased a new car at the time, and, and I felt that I didn't want to smoke in the car because it was brand new. So, me, you know, and I drove a lot, you know, so me not smoking in the car was a big, like, uh, testament to having patience to smoke, where I was like, you know, so instead of, like, if I have, like, a two-hour drive to Jersey, I, I didn't smoke, and sometimes when I would get when I would get there, I couldn't wait to smoke. But then, as I challenged myself more, I would get there, and I'm like, "Man, I didn't smoke for two hours. I'll just smoke tomorrow." And I started to lessen because, you know, to be honest with you, man, it started to get to me where I felt like I was breathing, uh, you know, like breathing kind of fucked up. So anyway, intense. I do want to say this, man. If you put in the work to try and quit cigarettes, you could do. It. I smoked 17 years. And uh, around this time, seven years ago, I quit cold turkey. So if you want to clap it up, open up your Twitter app, open up your uh, Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, okay? And, and and send your boy some love. Say, yo, congrats on quitting smoking. Yo, if you want to say, yo, fuck you, Premium Pete, you can say that, but, but, but you know, don't, don't be too disrespectful, okay? Don't be too disrespectful. And I always say, and I'll continue to say, if you're going through something, you need have any, uh, you need any advice, you have a question, whatever it is, uh, a brand, uh, you you want to work with me, whatever it is, email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. I do I do want to say uh, this before we get to the episode, uh, and I, and I spoke about it before, but eating alone in a restaurant is one of the most underrated things in the world. You know, for a while, I didn't want to do that shit because I was like, damn, motherfuckers are looking at me. Oh, shit, is somebody looking at me? Uh, can I put, Can I eat this shrimp? Is somebody looking at me? Yeah, yo. But after a while, when I got, you know, comfortable with it, I was like, wow, this shit is, is peaceful. It's kind of like uh, trying to unwind. 
and really f- refocus and 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 I, I, you know, one thing we don't do enough, and and you know, I'm learning to do this. I'm not sitting here and just telling you, is spend quality time with ourselves. You know, a lot of people want to love somebody else, but I'd even focus on loving yourself. This ain't Sunday church. I ain't trying to preach. I'm just saying, spend quality time with yourself. Let me tell you something. This episode, I, I'm I'm excited for. Okay, it's called the state of podcasting. I did I did one a while ago with, with my brother Chris Morrow. Okay, the co-founder of Loudspeakers Network, the 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 author, the entrepreneur, the uh, just a, another mover and shaker. Okay. I did one before called The Future of Podcasting, and people loved it worldwide. I got emails. I remember doing panels, shouts to my homies in Detroit, uh, the connected experience. I remember I was out there. People would tell me, yo, I love that podcast you did with Chris Morrow. Okay. So I said, fuck it. That's my guy. Okay. And we're going to do it again. I want people to learn more about podcasting. Okay, I'm not in this shit. I help produce shows. I help other shows with other things. I do my own show. Okay. I'm not a person that is only trying to be the big and bad wolf. Fuck I look like. I'm trying to love, uplift, and live, okay, and be peaceful. So when I can make an episode with Chris Morrow that gives insight into the podcast landscape, that gives insight to podcasters, that gives insights to building a network, okay, it's important. If you're listening to the Premium Peacher, that means you fuck with podcasts. I, I want to say 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10 people listening, you have your own podcast, okay? So say no more, internets, I present to you the future. No, no, not the future. Hold on. That was the last one I did. The state of podcasting. Uh, maybe I may call it another thing, but that's what I'm saying for now. The state of podcasting with the one and only Chris Morrow. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the other smooth voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClam, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go. Internets, let's turn up one time. Premium Pete. Come on, everybody get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show was milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium pete show internet welcome back to another episode of the premium pete show sitting here with my longtime friend uh return guest you know uh entrepreneur risk taker mm-hmm. i would say uh i mean at one point in time uh he, he never called himself this but people did the pod father uh communist chris uh who calls you that you, I guess. No. <laughs> Internet's Chris Morrow is back in the building. Chris, listen, when we did our episode, The Future of Podcasting, before, it was special. People really took a you know, light to it. I still think in this world where people, I don't want to say they act like they know what they're doing, but in this world where everybody's doing a lot more with podcasting, right. people are still unaware. People are still uninformed. People are still trying to figure it out. And the funny thing about it is, you still to this day, and I remember hearing myself say this, everyone's still trying to figure it out. Right. We'll start right off the bat. Years ago, last time we did the episode, about a year ago, I said to you, what does it take to be on a network? Is it still the same things, you think, or it has changed? From a year ago? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, I, 
I think it's changed in the sense that I think there's just more opportunities to be on a network now because I think they're more networks. Mm-hmm. I think they're more platforms. I mean, you know, I won't say who, but I was coming out of a meeting with Mana, and you know, someone's talking about a deal from a platform I didn't uh, and a network I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think probably like when we spoke a year ago, it felt like the game was maybe on the verge of getting diluted, like maybe there are too many players, too many people. Those seem like the good old days a year later. It's even more diluted now. So I think um, your chances of like getting on a network or your opportunities are probably better than they were a year ago. Uh, I think the challenge is going to be figuring out how to like stand out and actually have some staying power now. I remember you saying that every company soon will have a podcast. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Or do you feel that has happened since the last time we spoke? I think it's starting to happen. I think those companies should hire loudspeakers to produce it for them. Mm-hmm. Because, But I, I, I do think that more and more companies are going to look to podcasts as part of their marketing campaigns, uh, their strategies. I mean, it's interesting. It's not really a podcast, but... Um, I saw that the Los Angeles Clippers hired uh, this guy, Lee Jenkins, mm-hmm. who's like a basketball writer, for, I think, for Sports Illustrated. They just hired him as a for to a front office position. And everyone's like, well, why are you hiring a writer? And they're like, well, we would like his storytelling ability. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, what, what? But it's like, I think even all brands now are realizing, like, they got to control their own narrative. They got to tell their own story. Even an NBA team feels like it has to have somebody in house to kind of shape how they're seen. So I was like, yeah, I think a podcast is going to be a big part of that. You mentioned one time that writers, movie writers, will be soon hired, and I'm sure they are being right now to, you know, uh, to write scripts, you know, for podcasts. Do you yeah. remember? I think you. Mentioned yeah, I mean, it's before. happening already. Um, you know, I'm. I'm personally talking with a lot of documentary filmmakers over the last year because I think a lot of documentary filmmakers are kind of pivoting now and trying to figure out maybe if podcasting isn't like a more lucrative way for them to use their skill sets because the skill sets between being a doc filmmaker and doing like a scripted podcast probably aren't that different. Mm. I mean, it's part of the story that you tell visually, obviously when you're doing a documentary film and you have to figure out a way to get that across in podcasting. And I think people are still trying to figure that out. But the skill set is pretty similar. And, you know, like I'm not deep into documentary filmmaking, but it seems like it's kind of a tough way to make a living. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you like you make a doc film, even sure. if it's the, mo- you know, maybe like something like Wild Country, like gets on Netflix and they get a big deal for that. But a lot of these guys like make these incredible films and they're out there on the film circuit. And maybe it shows in a couple movie theaters around the country. What do you really have? Maybe you take that same story, you make a podcast and you hope that it hits. And if it hits on a level of, you know, a serial or something like that, you're sitting on something bigger than, you know, 90 percent of the documentary films out there you know we, we always laugh about this but the once a week podcast ritual that people yeah. people you know it's changed a little bit people have done seasons you know seasons are a big thing now yeah you know um um even just you know doing a, a kind of like a docu-series as a podcast has been done but once a week and again i always laugh at this because i don't know where it was started from but i've been doing podcasts with you 
and and the whole team and everybody once a week for what it was nine years. Can you see that being more of like every day? You know, I mean, there's some people who do it because I remember you saying one time like uh, New, New York, York Times, New York Times, really yeah. good. The Daily, yeah. I don't listen to it, but when I have listened to it, it's always been pretty good. And I think Vox Media is starting a daily podcast, so I think that definitely is going to be a direction a lot of people are moving in. And then also the seasonal thing too, mm. because I think the thing that a lot of people are realizing is like it's a grind to put out a show week after week, year after year. Like you have to build in some sort of break for yourself. You know, it's 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 crazy because I think that we speak about companies wanting to do podcasts. And yeah. I, I like the way you say hire loudspeakers. Right. Because, you know, it's funny, the, a lot of these people are having budgets and thoughts and ideas of creating content, creating storytelling, creating podcasting. You know, it makes so much sense to hire people who, you know, are professionals, who have experience in it. I mean, think about it, right? Amen. No, no, I'm saying like, right. it, it is true. I mean, you know, it, but it is true. Don't you think that sometimes uh, some people don't get this? You know, like some companies that may not understand this? Well, you know, I think what happened was, look, the the climate that allowed us to just decide one day, like we're starting a podcast network, is what allowed a lot of brands to look at the space too and just say, hey, we can do this ourselves. Because to start a podcast or even a network, you really don't need that much compared to historically. Like, if you wanted to make a film even 20 years ago you needed a lot of money sure and if you wanted to make a film studio you really needed a lot of money or a music video whatever with the technology this shit has gotten so cheap now you want a podcast well you just need a couple mics and a laptop really true and i I will say true and then i also feel that some people you know the professionalism of people who know what they're doing could help guide uh, people oh, yeah. to I mean, land. look, I mean, you know, like I won't name names again, but like, you know, me and men have worked on a branded podcast where we were hired because we were the experts and we had the experience, but then everybody else involved in the process was, you know, literally in the room, literally ready. Cause it just seems easy. You know, if you wouldn't do that in a film setting, right. You would sure. say, I, I have no experience film, but there's something about podcasting that feels so accessible uh, that I think people just naturally assume that they could do it too. And I think now what you're seeing is a lot of people on the brand side stepping back and being like, all right, let's let the people who have the experience cook. You, you, you know, it's funny because the, the last episode we did, um, I remember getting so much love socially, and I remember I even got brought down to like a, a conference in Detroit, mm. and a couple of people mentioned it to me while I was up uh, on the panel. Mm. You know... Anyone, you're right. Let's segue right into it. Anyone could start a podcast. Sure. But in this day and age, how do you get recognized? Because they say cream rises to the top, right? But it's not as easy. So what I mean by that is like that's why it, it, it to align yourself. Like you think about it. When we were doing it, we just did, did it. Yeah. It wasn't like I mean you know you came in and you were able to advise, but you're not. You I mean you you know more now than you ever knew. You know from experience, right? Yeah, but, you know, like, some things have remained the same, right? Like, my pitch to people always was, do a podcast because you really want to do a podcast. Mm. It's still the same. You know, like, chances are you're not going to make a lot of money off of this. Chances are you're not going to chart on iTunes or whatever other, you know, type of validation you're looking for. 
You should still probably do a podcast for the same reason you were going to do one five years ago. You just got something you really want to talk about. You got a story you really want to tell. And if all those other things come, great. But, you know, I, I think the idea to, like, get into it now because you think it's a great look or someone's going to hand you a bag, like, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed. Mm, mm. There are a lot of podcasts out there right now. Mm. A lot. Like, we don't even know how many. Maybe 300,000 on iTunes. That's crazy. And how do you curate that? Are you still getting tons of emails uh, where people wanted to come on the network? Yeah. Last time we, we met, I said you had to get somebody to sift through those, through those emails. It slowed down. Okay. I think maybe people are starting to kind of understand that, like, all right, maybe this isn't going to be the kind of quick hit that we were expecting it to be. Mm. Um, I mean, I still get them. I still get pitched a lot. You know, and like I think I said last time, like, in the back of my mind, I'm always worried. Like, am I, did I just potentially pass up on somebody who would have been really great? But the the other side of it is, like, how do you let, – let's let's say I said, all right, I'm going to hire somebody to, like, really go through these and see where the gem is buried sure, in this. Sure, Diamond in the rough. Right. How do you listen to 300 podcasts? You know? Smoke some weed. Somebody could. Not me, but yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I I will say this though, you know, when 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 you really think about the, the the landscape of podcasting, and I remember you telling me this, and and it really stuck out. And the crazy thing is, is one thing I really admire about you is that you're not a person that likes to boast or this, but a lot of people have been inspired by your moves and and your your smarts and your talent. You know, I remember you telling me before that if you could do it all over again, that you would have took more risks. You know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. If, if I, tell, tell the internet about that. Well, I mean, I think when we started loudspeakers, we were, you know, I hedged my bets a lot. Mm. Um, I kind of focused on the stuff that was right in front of us and that felt doable or reachable instead of taking a gigantic leap of faith. You know, I didn't mortgage my house. Mm. Um. I didn't go around asking, you know, people for money or sure. trying to, like, I did what was, I worked my ass off, you know, I put in the hours, but I didn't, um, I didn't take those sort of steps. And I do sometimes wonder, like, if I had just gone all the way, I mean, the other thing you got to remember is, um, when I started loudspeakers, you know, I had a whole other career that was going on sure. as a writer that's yeah. still going on. So I, I wait. Hold on, hold on. Just yeah. for the people who listen at home, Chris, yeah. Chris Morrow. Besides many other things, besides being a co-founder of Loudspeakers Network, uh, veteran radio uh, guy, producer, right? Yeah. Producer, yeah. Uh, author. So now we just got to drop uh, uh, some of the books. You've done books for Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons, um, Charlemagne. You did both his books, right? Both uh, of Charlemagne's books with him, um, Rev Run. I did a book with him and his wife. I did a book with Reverend and Tyrese. Um, I did a book for um, LeBron James' high school coach, yes. Joyce. Yes. Uh, and Ivanka Trump was the other. Yeah, we, we went over that fucking yeah, we story touched, about that. We talked about her, right? Um, so back to what you're saying. You're saying you, you, you so had I was doing a, all that. You yeah. know, like I wasn't. I think sometimes people take risks because they're risk takers, which I'm not by nature. Or, like, they're forced into the situation. But I was doing fine, you know, like, I didn't feel like I had to go to that level mm. because I already had a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, if I look back on it from 2020, 
hindsight, my message to the people is like, if you got an idea you really feel good about and you think, there was never a question in my mind that like we could build a podcasting, you know, hip hop podcasting network. Like I was always very confident that loudspeakers would become a thing. Sure. Like I could see the vision very clearly. Um, and, you know, I remember the night, because I, I did an interview the other day and somebody, a woman was asking me, do you remember the moment that loudspeakers started? And I said, yeah, I remember it very clearly. We were at Ben Amin's house, mm. right? And it was a meeting, uh, the Combat Jack show had called a meeting because there was some, you know, people but, are upset about yeah. something. <laughs> we went to Ben's house, there was like nowhere to sit. There was just like a bunch of office chairs and, you know, his bedroom. And, you know, everyone was like rolling blunts and just kind of like, bitching about whatever was happening with the combat jack show and i remember saying like you guys can have you know do whatever the fuck you want with the show i'm not i'm i'm trying to make a network i'm not trying to make just one show like actually i want to make a network with this and i was like oh okay so i mean i remember and i knew it like even when i said it i was like it's going to happen because i could see it so clearly so to get back to it my message to people is like fuck it if you see something that clearly and you feel that mortgage your house Go mm. all in, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, I'm kind of underselling myself. I, I went pretty far in. Yeah, I, pushed, I, yeah. I pushed a lot of chips to the table, but I could have pushed a couple more. Put all your chips in. You know, the reason, go all in. You go know, all in, fuck th- it. The reason why I say that for is because even like there's some people and you've publicly admitted that you wish you would have signed, uh, you know, like Desus and Miro. Yeah. But you also explained that you never not thought that they were talented. You explained that maybe you didn't have the um, uh, good enough money. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, the reason I say I could have gone more in and tried to raise money or mortgage my house or whatever is, yes, you know, there were moments where, you know, like we talked to Jesus and Miro very early. We talked to Bud and, you know, like we always had those conversations with those people. Nori, mm. um, I just didn't have the bag that they wanted at that time. Maybe if I had mortgaged some stuff, I could have come up with that. And then, you know, you know, those are obviously all big shows, big talents, you know. Mm. Is there anybody else who got away that you uh, wish you would say those are those are the three biggest three? Yeah. I mean, and look, who knows? Just because I talk to somebody doesn't mean that they were going to sign anyway. I mean, you could ask all three of them. They might have a completely different um by he didn't come with the motherfucking check right and even if i had come with the check you don't know maybe they wouldn't yeah. have, maybe they all individually would have said we want to be on our, you know we don't want to be in somebody else's house yeah right yeah. like i don't know but you know we we certainly talked with them and you know had, had what i thought were like pretty real conversations you know speaking about somebody like joe budden you, yeah. lo- you look at what they which to be honest with you um a couple of things one is they remind me of the uh Bar the beginning before we had guests on the barbershop combat jack show days. Yeah, they, they definitely remind me of that. Um, to, the crazy thing is, I, I like how long that they. I remember everyone, you know, saying that the, you know why don't these guys have ads? Like I remember hearing that around right. all over, and it's funny because I feel like they they either they knew what they were doing or didn't know what they were doing. It didn't matter because their time came. Right, and I feel like they made the most of it. Now you know you dealt with Spotify. You dealt with is that uh, is that surprise you to see an exclusive Spotify deal like that? No, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it concerns me a little bit. Why? Uh, because I think you're going to see more of it, and I think it's going to be. 
good in some regards. I mean, I think it's going to be good for me as the, someone who's running a podcast network. Uh, I think it's going to be good for a lot of the top shows because I think there's going to be people gravitating to those platforms. I think it's going to suck a little bit of the soul out of the industry, but it was kind of inevitable anyway. You know, and I think that's that's one of the things I've kind of been thinking about a lot lately is when you're at the ground floor of something and we were at the, you know, sure. we were at the ground floor of this. Like, I think we can say that without, you know, and still be humble about it. Like we were really there at that moment and you dream of it. You know, I always use like the town analogy. You're in the town with just like a couple of dirt roads and people setting up tents, but you, you guys are all working to, turn it into this great city and you know you dream of when there's going to be high rises and mansions and all that sort of shit but when you actually start to get there you realize that stuff comes at a price mm. right and uh you know we're going to start to see the cost that comes with this right we've kind of as an industry as a space been able to kind of do what we want say what we want kind of just sure work with who we want the wild west a little bit and, uh, you know, look, I think, I think the deal like, uh, buttons deal is great. I mean, I think it's great for them. I think it's great for the space, you know, like the phrases, I think the rising tide lifts all boats. I think everybody benefits from it. Like I like to see them getting billboards the same way. I like to see the re getting billboards and, you know, subway advertisements. I think it's just good for the space, but you know, at a certain point, like, you know, part of me does wonder, like, how corporate are we going to get? You know, mm. what's what's going to be the other side of that? What's mm. that going to look like? Mm. Because I'm a little romantic. Like, I like, you know, when we were just coming in and bullshitting and making shit up on Combat Jack show. And, you know, like, that had a great energy, right? Sure. We all wanted money. Sure. The money's coming now, but is that energy still there? You know, it's funny, too, because when I look back to the beginning Combat Jack Show days, I say sometimes the people who, you know, uh, push through uh, certain doors are not the ones that always make the biggest money. Yeah. And, and, you know, what I mean by that is, like, a podcast could come now that could gain, gain some ground and make money quicker than, say, it took us to make money. You know, I remember four years, three, four years, it took us... I, w- I mean, I, I was tell- I-, I talk about it all the time. There's times where, you know, I I remember coming into the city, you know, not much money ba- left in my bank account, you know, just because I wanted to be there. I knew it was something special. You always have those memories, Pete. Yeah. But, you know, it's like Jazz Fly says, like, um, she always says this to me. It kind of scares me when she says it. Mm. But she's like, you don't want to be the first one over the top. Yeah. You know, she's like, the first one over the top is the one who gets shot. Yeah. You want to be the second or the third one over the top. She's like, you're kind of been the first one over the top a lot and i was like god damn it you're right you know yeah. but what are you gonna it do makes sense you know it's like you even think about like what it takes to run a network or what it takes to uh keep something afloat it's funny because i remember um you know i don't remember maybe it was a couple of months ago you were in the loudspeaker studio yeah vacuuming 
Yeah. And I was like, and, and and I said, hey, listen, make sure you, you know, make sure that vacuum is going. And we laughed and we thought about it because here's the thing. We live in a day and age where people will probably say like, yo, I would love to be Chris Morrow. Or they see a picture of you, say you take a picture on vacation and like, I want to be like that. Right. Because I'm able to go on vacation. Or I'm able to do this. Not knowing that here you are vacuuming and sweeping up fucking chips in a We're fucking studio. Find out who left those? Who, who left those? Is, you know, I, I'll be honest. With you, it had to be maybe uh, Schultz. Everyone, all all signs are pointing to flagrant too. Yeah, but, Sh- uh, Schultz and and Akash. Right. That fuck Akash. Wait till I see Akash. Call me a regular uh, premium. Right. You know. But um. Anyway, you know. You got to vacuum the floor, bro. You got to fucking sweep up, man. Before you even get into this, yeah. You guys taught me a lot on the Combat Jack show from beginning days, and you know what you taught me? I was on mic and I was getting guest drinks. Yeah, uh, you know, like, like like to see you to see you do that like didn't surprise me because I was like that's that's what it takes to make it. You but, gotta, but not everybody understands. You that. can't have any ego, man. Yeah. I mean, you can. I don't. You know. You know, one of the one of the, you know you get older and you start to kind of like begin to understand who you are and what your strengths are. I'm a worker. Mm. You know, like I don't know if I'm that creative or that, but I gotta work. Like, if I'm not working, I get uncomfortable. Um, and, I, you know, I got it from my father. My father's the same way. Like, he has to he has to be working. Like, it doesn't, it's not about the money. It's He just needs to be doing something productive, you know, or else he's waiting. Like, the joke in our family is even when he watches the NBA, like, he, you know, we're both NBA fans. He can't sit down when he watches the NBA game. He stands sure. up the entire time. Sure. Because it's just like. You're wasting time. If you're sitting down, you're admitting that you're not working. Sure. If you're standing up, there's still a chance you might be doing something. Unless I'm driving, I can't uh, sit down and be on the phone. Really? I have to make circles. Like, I circle around the room. I circle around my house. Like, I, whenever I talk on the phone, I circle. Sometimes yeah, I do that. I, I'll even walk outside of my yeah, building. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but there is something, like, I kind of realized that about myself, which is, like, I gotta, like, I gotta work. Like, I'm not. You know, I, I run my own shit. I could spend half the day just kind of fucking around if sure, I wanted to. Sure. But I got to put the work in. So, like, yeah, if you have a podcast and you're trying to make it pop, you're going to get the guest a glass of water. Sure. If you come in the studio and you see some shit on the floor, you're going to clean it up. You're going to, you know, like, I, I don't think there's ever, um, I don't think you ever reach any sort of level where it's like you can then put it on cruise control. Mm. And, you know, like we, you know, we talked about like some of the books I've written, you know, like all those books I wrote for the most part were success books. Mm. You know, these people sharing their... Their journey, their Well, their secret to success. Okay, yeah. But, you know, a lot of the time, like what I took from it wasn't in the book, you know, like what I took from it was watching, you know, because I get to trail these people. I get to spend time with them, live with them even. You know, so I'm really watching them. And, you know, like you take Russell, like, obviously, you know, what happened with him is unfortunate to say the least. And, like, I don't want to, like, you know, big him up in that regard. But at the same time, I learned a lot from the guy. Mm. Uh, what would you say you learned from him? Well, I learned a lot from him. Um, even if he didn't always practice what he preached, I thought he preached pretty good stuff for starters. And then he was a guy, like, you can say, okay, you're the pop father. Like, that guy had reached 
he, he invented an industry, right? And if there was something that that guy needed from somebody or needed for a deal or something, like he had zero ego. He would beg, he would cajole, he'd threaten like. <laughs> and, you know, I think people think you reach a certain stage and it's just like, well, now I'm Russell Simmons and I'm not going to ask this person who isn't Russell Simmons, you know, to help me with this or for assistance with that or to sweat them. You know, why would I sweat? This guy didn't give a fuck, man. Like if there was something that he needed that he was working on, like he would just be on it. And it was always interesting because I would see people who hadn't um, achieved the level of success that he had kind of at a certain point start adopting this attitude. Like I, I can't do that. I can't uh, ask him for that, or I can't tell him I need his help for that, or I can't ask her to make that call for me. Like, that's beneath me. But I'm like, these guys who are really doing it, like, there's they don't stop. Um, you know, like, I haven't worked with Puffy the same way, but I got to imagine it's the same way. You know, sure. like, if he wants something, you think he's not going to make a call because he's Puffy? No, like... They're kind of like they just have to keep moving and doing stuff. So I, I always kind of made a note of that. Like, you don't reach a certain point in your career or your life or whatever, and then you don't have to get your elbows dirty anymore. You don't have to get in the weeds and fight. No, like, if you want to stay relevant and keep moving, you got to keep doing that sort of stuff. I agree. You know, you said before we were speaking about companies and having podcasts. You know, do you still believe advertisers look down on podcasting? I don't want to say, you know what, let me fix that. I don't want to say look down, but you know how like in radio they would think like, like I was telling you, like some companies felt like, well, we advertise on radio, what's the difference of podcasting? I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there were advertisers that weren't really paying attention to podcasting, and now they're creating no, I, budgets I for it. I, I, I don't think anybody's looking down on podcasting. I think if I think what the question it is how do we make sense of these metrics? Mm. I think that's the the question that they're trying to figure out internally. I think they'd love to invest in podcasting. I think they're going to continue to invest in podcasting. I mean, you got to look from a brand. If, if, if you're a marketer or somebody at a brand, like your, your goal is always like, what's that next big marketplace out? right like how do i expand to a larger audience how do i get this product in front of more eyes or ears or whatever the case may be so if you're like one of these people in a traditional media company the most obvious place you're going to look to right now is podcasting in 2018 of course you're going to look at podcasting you want to spend money the problem is there's a system that's been set up that you spend your money through that system and the system now has to figure out how to plug podcasting into it mm. but the the money's gonna get bigger for sure do you feel that only big shows can deliver for advertisers do you feel there are shows that you know because i remember like you know we spoke about this a bunch of times but you felt like you know even for someone to look at you, you had to have what like you, you said like twenty five thousand downloads now you're saying maybe 50 then you're saying maybe unless, more. But, but the flip side yeah i would say those are like good starting points unless you have a an audience that's specific that matches with a product that's trying to reach that specific audience. Sure. So, you know, you might have a show that does 12,000 listens a week, which on the face of it might not seem to be 
that big an audience, but you talk about parenting issues and you've done surveys that uh, show, you know, 80% of your audience is new mothers with children under sure. the age of, and there's some fucking, you know, I don't know. Uh, Similac. The, Similac or a detergent company that gets grass stains out of kids, you know, whatever the case may be. And they're like, bang, that's exactly what we're looking for. who we're looking to touch. Yeah, then they will probably take a shot at you. And if they take a shot at you and they see results, they might keep coming back and back. We speak about results. When you speak about advertisers, a lot of them try two different ways. One is the uh, direct like a promo code. And the other one is just advertising. Do you feel one uh, shows more um, value than the other? Value? Like meaning to to the advertiser? Because it's like, you know, one is I guess people are buying. What is that called? Direct? Uh, direct response response and then there's well, a, yeah. d- direct response the value in that to the advertiser is they immediately see what sort of in the industry term is ROI return on investment that they're getting right mm-hmm. uh, Casper Mattress is advertising on the premium peach show uh, go to casper.com put an offer code premium Pete get mm-hmm. 30% off your next mattress they're going to see exactly how many mattresses they sold versus the amount they spent for the advertisement. And then they'll do whatever sort of internal calculation they'll do, and they'll say, this is a good investment, and we'll keep doing it, or we didn't sell enough mattresses, it's not worth it, on to the next podcast. Mm. Versus, uh, you know, the analogy I use a lot is Heineken, let's say. Hey, this is Premium Pete, you know, make sure you drink Heineken. I like Heineken. They're not offering, a, you're not going to Heineken.com and getting a yeah, six pack, getting 30% yeah. off your next six pack yeah. offer code premium Pete. They just want to be part of your movement and they just want to, you know, reach your listeners off of the strength of your personality. That's harder for them to track. They don't know how many. Sure. But ultimately. it's still valuable. It's got a ton of value. It's just they're used to doing it. Uh, on a much bigger stage, right? Sure. They're used to, you know, Pepsi's used to... Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. They're not used to doing a podcast that only reaches only, you know, let's say 100,000 people. Sure. So I think what's happening now is... And you got to understand, I don't think a lot of people always realize this. It's never as simple as Casper or Pepsi or Heineken reaches out to Premium Pete and says, we want to advertise on your podcast. There are all sorts of middlemen involved, whether it's a podcasting network, whether it's a marketing, who you know, and they have all sorts of systems in place on how a you spend the money for the company, and then b how you figure out that ROI. So I think what's happening now is there's a lot of reconfiguration going on where the marketing companies who handle the bigger accounts are conceding that yes, there is value in podcasting. We just don't know how to show it, mm. right? But then again, to me, how did you show how many people bought Pepsi, you know, when Michael Jackson came down the, you know, moonwalking down the shit when his hair caught on fire? Like, it's always been that question. It's just you're spreading such a wider net when you're advertising on NBC during halftime of the Super Bowl versus the Premium Peach show. So I, I think they just have to kind of figure it out. You know, I always use the analogy to this. I remember somebody saying, uh, 
a Super Bowl commercial is $3 million. Just say for... You know, Argument's sake, yeah. Okay, for what? 15 seconds? Right. You know, and then I remember them saying... And they use Kim Kardashian, for example, right? They say she has 100 million followers on Twitter. This right. is a while ago. I remember hearing this. She tweets out something. It goes directly to everybody's phone because everyone's looking at it. Right. And that is better advertisement for them, and it costs them less money than, say, a Super Bowl ad. Except... Go ahead. Too many... Celebs started doing that, and now people are smart. You know, you you can instinctively know when you look at a tweet whether this is just somebody got paid to do it or it's real. And I think that's a good example because the argument in favor of the value of podcasts are when someone really fucks with a product and really gives it a great read, it it stays with the consumer longer. It has more impact rather than you know. Yeah, Kim Kardashian's going to reach X amount of million people, but when she just writes, oh, my God, I love Pepsi, what does that really... Sure, sure. Versus, let's say, you're only going to reach a handful of those people, but if you gave a really funny, impassioned, organic, you know, Grillo's Pickles. Mm. Let's say they advertise on here, and, you know, we start talking about Grillo's Pickles, and then you started talking about the time your guy sent my daughter... The pickles, because she's a pickle fan, and yeah. she opened, and she went, yeah, she went, she crazy. opened it up, and she dressed up in all the girl pickles gear, and she made a little video of herself screaming, "Oh my god, pickles!" And she, put, you know, like, and we start talking about that. That might actually move somebody to sure to try sure, to, to try it out. Versus a celebrity being like, "I love pickles." Sure, yeah. I guess the reason why I say that for is because that delivery has transformed into podcasting, where people can now deliver advertisement into uh, audio, you know, where it's like people are listening. And that essentially, I feel like uh, it's almost more important than, say, commercials on TV, you know? Uh, it can be. I mean, you know, I think it all comes back to storytelling. Mm. Like, can you figure out a way to tell the story of this brand or this product if there is a, you know sometimes you know a bag of chips is just a bag of chips right mm. like there's not really a story sure. behind it but if you can find a way to humanize the experience and uh humanize the experience that goes a long way right yeah um you know like i always felt one of the most impactful and it was totally kind of unorganized and unstructured. But, you know, campaigns, influencer campaigns was like tax with Doucet. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, people drank Doucet because yeah. it felt so organic. And he never out and out said, like, it was just Doucet was part of his show. Sure. And I mean, he got that. I remember, like, you know, he was pushing it so hard that Memphis and uh, all of them had to, you know, Get it right, go. We we can get you involved for sure. You know that's something I think that uh, a brand really likes. I think a lot of people, you know, look. Everybody wants money, right? Um, but I do believe tax was probably, you know, I, I don't, I'm not. This is not accurate, but I feel like I'm very, uh, you know, uh, true with this. I feel like he was repping before they even gave him money. But those make the best campaigns, right? That's what I'm saying. Right. Something that I actually really fuck with. Something that's part of my experience, my lifestyle. I'm already doing it, and now, you know, now it's recognized and kind of made official. Mm. Uh, before we go to break, what are you listening to these days? What podcasts are you listening to? Let me open up my phone. There we right. go. Open up that podcast app. 
Uh, I just finished the RFK tapes. Okay, nice. Which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, I recommend that. Uh, I have been listening to The Daily Show. Okay. Uh, I always listen to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, mm-hmm. which I'm a fan of. I just listened to an eight-hour uh, episode about uh, the rise of the Japanese military uh, industry prior to World War Two. So you guys are all going to want to check that out. Um, and, I, you know... People ask me a lot what I'm listening to. I've kind of checked out of the whole political discussion because it depresses me and I don't feel like I can do anything about it. So what I find a lot of kind of like, I don't know if the word is comfort, but I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts. Really? Yeah. And I just, that, that really like mellows me out. So you like sports podcasts? No, just just, NBA. Okay. Okay. Just, I, I don't care about football, baseball. Okay. What do you think about fantasy podcasts? Do you think that can make sense? What do you mean? Like fantasy football podcasts, you know? Yeah, or- if I was into fantasy sports, I don't play fantasy sports anymore. <laughs> I would totally listen to like a three-hour NBA fantasy podcast. If that's to, or even into. shorter to prepare for your week. Think yeah. about that. I never thought about that. A fantasy football. I'm sure there's got to be. Yeah, there's sure. I got to. I mean, it's not my thing, but I got to believe that uh, just ESPN alone probably has like. I'm sure. Not just one fantasy sport podcast, but probably like a separate channel of them or some shit like that. I'm sure. Internet, listen, we're going over the state of podcasting. Before, we called it the future of podcasting. This time, we're going to call it the state of podcasting with the one and only Chris Morrow, okay? You call him the podfather. He doesn't call himself that. But at the same time, Chris, you don't call yourself an OG. Internet, you're not supposed to call yourself an OG. Let somebody else call you that, right? I always say this. Yeah, I would have called myself the Podfather because it's a good name, but my my reasoning was I heard that uh, I wasn't the first. Okay. That Jalen Rose started calling Bill Simmons that. Really? Yeah, so. All right, well. It's unfortunate because I like it. God bless him. Yep. Internation. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Cheer. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Check this out, man. I don't do a lot of fucking podcasts, but I'm going to do premium sh- what, yo, what's his name? Yo, it's, it's Premium Pete. All right, Premium Pete, the Premium Pete Show, Coney Island, New York, Brooklyn, Italian, some dude. I, I'm going to do a show, but but, but is there a check involved? There's no check, nigga. There's no check. Just do it. All right, I got it. Premium Pete, we out. Internet, and we're back. Same here with my guy, Chris Morrow, the Paw Father. Cheer. Listen, <laughs> um, man, I mean, we're just really going over. The landscape, man, you know, the landscape of, of loudspeakers, the landscape of yourself, the, you know, are really, you know, what it's going to be. Before we went to break, you talk about what, you know, what you're listening to. Yeah. You know, um, now let's, let's talk about what are people listening to? Like, mean, like, you know, before me and you speak about how crime is humongous. Is crime still the biggest podcasting listen? Yeah, I think it's still going to be the biggest genre. And um, I haven't listened to it yet. They released a trailer, but uh, Serial's coming back for a new season. Really? I think they're doing an investigation into, I'm talking off the top of my head, I might have this wrong, uh, the Cleveland like court system, I think it is, or mm. like the judicial system in Cleveland. So I think that's going to be a, uh, you know, a different take on the true crime thing instead of like investigating like instead of like a whodunit really getting into the weeds of the court system in a american city but i think that's gonna like 
I generally find everything they do is great. So I got to imagine that's going to be pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. If crime is like one of the biggest, what do you think is the next biggest? Uh, I think wellness. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out how to make that work myself. But, uh, you know, I, I I think that the American healthcare system is like completely broken and fractured and not working. And I think one of the positive aspects of the Internet is that there's a lot of information out there that used to just be for doctors. And people, it's also a black hole. Like everyone makes a joke about never Google what you're, you know, what you think you have because, you know, you'll diagnose yourself sure, with cancer sure. within 20 minutes. But once you get past that, there's a lot of information out there. Um, and there are a lot of people who are now kind of like taking their situations into their own hands, whether it's dealing with stuff that they have or just kind of like how to live a healthy lifestyle. And um, I do think that's going to be like the next big wave. The question is always to me as someone who's like been trying to figure it out is, do you make programming that's based around specific conditions, right? Or specific situations or do you, how do you, how do you make it feel accessible to people? Right. Cause I think I've talked about, it before in the show like i got lyme's disease mm-hmm. and so i'll find these podcasts and i'll only listen to the episodes that are specifically that to, to about lyme's, but i'm not i don't care about uh somebody who has uh ms let's say sure. or whatever the case because like so i think it's figuring out how to make programming that because it, look at the end of the day like the human body is the human body and 90 percent of this stuff is all connected one way or the other so it's how do you make programming um, that kind of feels accessible? Doesn't matter if you have a condition, no condition, specific condition. Like this is just a wave that I kind of want to be part of. And I think people are going to find it out, figure it out eventually. And I think that's really going to be uh, the next big thing. Uh People are going to have to get there on their own, though. Like, as much as we don't like to talk about it, we all love, you know, like, what do they say about TV? It used to be, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Mm, mm. People like crime. They like hearing about fucked up situations. They like thinking that they're a detective. Um, That really doesn't do a whole lot for you in your life, though, because we're not detectives, right? But wellness, um, that's something that actually really does impact all of us. Um, I also think that there's going to be like a very big pushback against uh, social media and phones in particular. And I think people are going to really begin to realize that it's making people sick and unhappy. And I think once people start to really accept that, that's also going to make this whole uh, wellness kind of world for, you know, that much more appealing to people. It's kind of still always been on the fringes still. You know, uh, you know, pe- people with crystals or, you know, whatever the stereotypes are about the wellness scene. But I think it's going to become much more mainstream, mm. not just in podcasting, but like across the board. You know, the Loudspeaker Network uh, houses some of the, uh, you know, top and greatest uh, podcasts. It's funny because I've seen so many of them just grow from the beginning. Yeah. You know, I always speak about the read uh, and what Kid Fury and Crystals have done is amazing because I think about us being the Combat Jack show, 
uh, considering uh, that we were like the flagship show, we felt. Sure. And I remember the uh, Reed coming in, and they started taking over our studio time and stuff like that. And still bitter about yeah, that. And, and, yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, I remember me in combat. Well, well, combat, you know, for, he, he saw it. But, but I remember us saying to Dallas, and what the fuck are these people doing? They're coming here. And look what they became, pure rock stars. Yeah. Um, it is amazing to see how much they develop. I mean... You know, for what are they? Five years? Yeah, I think they had their fifth anniversary show last year. Yeah, you know, I know. Obviously, you 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 saw that happening. You know, yeah. do, do they still amaze you? Yeah, I think it's great, and I think what's great about it is that uh, a that it happened, and b that it happened on their own terms. And I think that's what's special about it is uh, a lot of people have to make sacrifices or uh you know do things they're not comfortable with or kind of go against their instincts or their beliefs in order to or at least even if they don't have to they feel they might have to and you know i don't know everything that happens in their lives but i think i have a pretty good view into how they've moved and how they've operated they haven't made a single compromise Mm -hmm. like they haven't and there have been opportunities for them to... Tell the... I mean, I'm sure people have heard it, but if there's new listeners, tell the people about the bear story. Was that Miller? Yeah, man. I just told the story like an hour ago. And I told them, the person I was talking to, I was like, this is my go-to story, but it's a good one because it illustrates the point. And I'll tell it again. Uh, when we first... When the show was first starting to like really bubble, and you know, maybe we're getting an ad here and there, but there was no real money that we knew of in the space... Uh, we got an opportunity for, I think it was Miller Genuine Draft. They wanted to spend $60,000 to advertise on the read, which was like an unheard of sum. You know, $60,000 sure. to advertise on a podcast. Holy shit. But when we had started, you know, the one thing I'd said to them was I was like, I'm going to bring you opportunities. Never take them if you don't feel comfortable with it. Like, you know, I'm never going to say, hey, come on, we need to do, you know, like. Sure. This is only going to work if the brands you endorse are really brands that you fuck with and feel comfortable with and i said okay but you know that's talked until there's actual money on the table so now we got 60 grand or whatever the number was on the table and i said okay well we don't drink beer and our audience knows we only drink brown liquor so how are we going to get on this show and talk about you should go out and buy miller genuine draft we're not doing it and i said okay fair enough that was that was the deal we made and, you know, I had to go back to the salesperson and say, they're going to pass. I was kind of like, what do you mean they're going to pass? <laughs> they're going to pass on this? Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, they're going to pass. And, you know, what I told them when they passed is, like, don't worry about it. We're going to get more up. There's going to be plenty like this out there. Don't even sweat. And they weren't sweating. I don't want to. I don't even want to paint it like sure. they were second-guessing themselves. They didn't. You know, I was probably just saying that for myself more. But uh, sure enough, that's just like, not even in the rear of your mirror anymore. And I think one of the reasons they've been so successful with the advertisers that they have on the show is their audience knows that. Mm. Their audience knows. They stay true to themselves. They're not, I mean, every week I come to them with stuff and I'm like, I don't even want to, like tonight, you know, there was a brand that wanted to advertise on the show. And I said to them, I said, I don't know why I'm even letting this come out of my mouth because I know what the answer is. But, you know, duty requires that I, Say, you know, these people would like, you know, Fury said something funny and like everybody laughed and it was, you know, basically like, fuck no. And I'll go back and I'll tell them tomorrow, you know, sorry. 
But <laughs> like that's every week, you know, and like they just won't ever endorse something that they don't feel good about. I'll tell you one thing. I give them a lot of credit because I remember I told this story. I think you told a story at the live show. And I remember I told you, look, for 60000 I would have took a fucking bath in that beer. <laughs> right. You would have done a keg stand. Yeah, I would have done a keg <laughs> fucking, you know what I mean? I've been swimming in that motherfucker. Hey, and I couldn't have blamed you. Like, and I wouldn't have blamed them if, like. I would have told Internet, listen, I love you, and I give you all this content every week. <laughs> Let me fucking backstroke in this Miller Genuine Light, you know? Well, but that's one of the things, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, I was using the the uh, town analogy earlier. Like, you, you start with this little settlement, you really want to become a town, but then you don't realize the things that comes with it. It's the same with an advertising. You know, like I'm, you know, I I don't drink soda. I don't recommend people drink soda. Sure. Fact is, like, there've been a lot of soda. I don't eat fast food. There have been a lot of those opportunities that have come across the table, and I haven't shut them down. Now, I always leave it up to the individual hosts, right? I don't have my own show, so it's not like me personally endorsing it. I don't know, man. If someone offered me sixty grand to McDonald's, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Maybe you take know? a. Maybe you would eat a Big Mac. You know, but you. But let me ask you. You know, would. With something like, you know, obviously the network has The Read, Brain Idiots, uh, Friend Zone, um, Fan Bros, which is now called uh, For, For All, All Nerds. Nerds. Yeah. What else? Uh, no Jumper, right? Um, you still yep. have Angela Rye's on there? Uh, Angela Rye's, uh, I'll have an announcement about her shortly. Lip Service. Lip Service. Uh, Casey Crew. Casey Crew. Uh, Mogul. Mogul. Who else? Um, no, you put me on the spot. I know, right now. Listen, there's tons of... We've got a lot of shows. There's tons of shows on the network. Um, you know, did you ever feel like... Because some of them you're very involved in. Yeah. You ever feel like you're like the uncle or big brother to a lot of these people? Like, you know, or or cousin or or just like, you know what I mean? Because it's like you're there for everything. Like, especially with 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 uh, um, Brilliant Idiots. You're, you're like... A, an extension of that show. You know how Wax became such a star? Yeah. Like, even you, like people love when you're on there, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, I think, you know, I think that and Combat Jack are the only shows that I've actually, like... Talked on? Well, you never talked on The Read? No, I've never been on The Read. Uh, I've never been on Friend Zone. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the Puffy story, right? Like, you don't want... Yeah, you know, all up in the videos. You know, you don't really want me all up. You know... I didn't talk on Brilliant Idiots for a long time, and the first couple times uh, I did talk, I think Charlemagne's line was like, "I prefer my Jews in the background." You know, really? Like, yeah, it said something like that. Mink, that was what I, I used to hit you with the burr. Now he hits you with I like my Jews in the background. <laughs> he's like, I want. He's like, we want like a Leor Cohen sort of situation here. <laughs> but then, then it kind of became all right. But you know, like it, you know, it's always been like a. I mean, you talk about like. Oh, is it too late to get into podcasts? I mean, like that's something I think about me as a person because, yeah, I remember I'm coming. To, I didn't come to this as an entrepreneur. I came to this as a writer. I've always wanted to do my own podcast. Sure. I feel like it's too late now. Sure. You know what would you want to do it about? <clears throat> I've had like a million ideas. I've just never pulled the trigger on it. You know, you, know, you ever had like Apple reach out to you? Um, reason why I asked that for is like where it surprised you where you guys I know there's many moments where you're like alright we're really doing this but you ever have Apple reach out to you about something like you guys like like, and and tell you like hey you're on the radar of what you know what we're doing here oh yeah yeah we we had that convo years ago with them mm. 
um yeah they've they've been very supportive of us mm-hmm. for sure um and it's become you know it's become harder because they have so many more people true that are um, doing it as well asking that you know it, it used to be it was a small little community it felt like there were 20 people you know now it's thousands and uh i think the challenge for them is like how do they maintain all those relationships what's the wildest podcast idea you ever heard that somebody wanted to do the wildest uh wax has been pitching me on some stuff that's pretty wild i won't i don't want to yeah share it, but it, invo- it involves lie detector tests i can tell you that much <laughs> how much does it cost to get a lie detector oh, test i've spent a lot of research on that actually it costs a lot and uh i want to sp- i bought wax a lie detector test recently which I think it's like a Cracker Jack one, you know, but he's convinced that it's 100% effective and like walks around with it at all times now and actually like keeps it on him and is like trying to get. So there's there's obviously something there, um, but I also found one that's like some Israeli company makes it. It's $1,500 and they swear it's. But who's going to run it? Anybody can run that's it? That's what I said to Wax. I was like, like, he's like, no, you don't understand. Like I put it on. And I ask myself what my birth date is, and then I give like five different answers, and it always can tell which the wrong one is. The fuck out of And I was like, yeah, but it's you. You can't apply a lie detector test to yourself. So I don't want to ruin it for him. I'll tell you one thing. He is a fucking star, though. Wax is a star, and we just got to figure out the right... A lot of his ideas so far would be incredible TV shows, and what I'm trying to explain to him is like we got to make a podcast first mm. you know like lie detector tests though stern would do that yeah sure you know, i remember you know i used to listen to stern and he would bring but he had like an actual guy who was that was his job you know he was trained you know i was like wax where we you know we're not gonna and the was like no we're gonna drive around the city and we're gonna you know, go to different people's apartments and find out who's cheating on their girlfriends. And I was like, this is like, can we just do a podcast? And then we'll... You know what would have been amazing? The Wax and Tax podcast. Well, that was... I'm glad that he was able to be a guest on the show a couple of times, you know? That was, they had their own little thing on Charlemagne's uh, MTV2 show. Mm. They actually had them sitting in a little booth. It's crazy because you think about they all that how talent. To use them, no, no. But think about it. Uh, we said that we were talking on the phone the other yeah, that's day. That's right. Yeah. That, think about how much talent. Let's go. Uh, let's think about. Let, let's think about this on that show. MTV so, Two. You're talking about right. Okay. Charlemagne, mm-hmm. Jesus and Miro, mm-hmm. Wax, Crystals, Tax, Crystal, uh, Schultz. I think Fury was on it a couple. Like, that's a fucking killer lineup, man. They should have just let those guys all go crazy and not try to like. But what are you going to do? Easy for me to say, right? Yeah. That's a lot of talent. Yeah. That's a lot of funny right there. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's amazing that, uh, you know, sometimes I don't think people, you know, get a chance to see what they have in front of them sometimes or or know how to know how to use that talent. It's tough. But we we were talking on the phone. What's the iconic moment from that show? They didn't know how to use tax and wax, but what's the iconic moment? Uh, Tax. uh, Tell me. saying whatever. Not not really. really, Right. Like. It was two seconds, but he—that's that was the moment. You know, when when you think about the podcasting, you know, yeah. Do you ever think years to come? You ever think like where it will be in five years? Do you think like that? Yeah, sure. And, and, and I think it's going to be very corporate. Okay. I hope I'm part of it. Mm. You mm. know, um, you know, 
I think it's going to be very corporate. I think the challenge is going to be, and this is something that I got to figure out, is how do you keep some of the soul in it? And I said that earlier, but I think it's true. Like, how do we, um, you know, we had a moment with the Combat Jack show, right? That was a real moment. Sure. Very big moment. You know, Button's having a moment, you know. Nori had a a moment. Nori, you know, like, how do you keep that energy as it gets more and more? Rap Radar even had a moment. I'll give him that. Um, I'm not even talking, but I'm not talking necessarily. I, I know what you mean. Numbers. Overall, yeah. I'm talking about when you're in the pocket. Sure. You see this in music, you know, like there are musicians or rappers, like when you look back at your career, you can say like, that was the stretch where just like they were connected. Everything sure. was flowing correctly. They were in the pocket. And, um, I think the question is going to be like, how do you keep those moments sustained? Because a lot of it in podcasting has just was driven by there were no rules, right? We're going to do this our way. Combat Jack Show, we're doing this our way. But, you know, we're doing this our way. No one's telling us what to do. No one's coming in and saying, uh, could you not uh, make so much fun about uh, blah, blah, blah. We need them to be at the award ceremony. Or could you not say that about that brand that we got a big deal on the table, right? We were never worried about that shit say whatever you want to say and with the money it's going to be harder and harder sure, it changes to, things it's going to change so you know i think i think what everyone's got to worry about is not worry about but for me at least i'm worried that i want to preserve a little bit of that mm, that energy mm, mm, i like that yeah. you know let me give you an example okay when i say how do you build a podcast from the ground up right yeah. so people listening for example you have two interesting people right that sure. don't have huge social media followings, right? How would they build up? Well, the first thing I would say is you're probably not that interesting. Sorry. <laughs> right? Like, everybody everybody thinks they're interesting. Like, most people don't need a podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because you and your friend have a good convo. I mean, I, th- this includes myself. I mean, I've said I've come close to launching 5,000. I'm probably just not that interesting, right? Mm. Um, I think the thing that's gotten a lot of people overextended is the greats make it sound easy, you know? Mm. Crystal and Fury make it sound easy. Sure. Most people are not Crystal and Fury. Uh, Charlemagne and Schultz, make it, they don't have any prep. They come in, they turn on the mics, and they go. Sure. What you don't see is that Charlemagne's on the radio every day for six to seven hours. Schultz is in comedy clubs, you know. Sure, these people who turn on the light in a second. They fuck. They're they're working at their craft constantly, so that when it is time to turn on the mics for a podcast, they make the conversation seem easy. That that sort of flow and that sort of chemistry seems. Most people they just don't have it really. Sure. To be honest with you, sure. How important is the uh, day of uh, release of a podcast? I think it's important. Um, you know, we, we were talking outside about the idiots doesn't always drop at the same time on Thursday mornings and it should. And I think, I think it's important to the core audience because the core audience that really likes a show starts to build their schedule around that a little bit. Mm. And, you know, people start to look forward to, all right, it's Thursday morning. I know I got to uh, go to the gym, but the podcast should drop at nine. I can go at nine thirty, and then I'll have something to listen to. Right. Mm. 
So I think it's really about servicing and respecting your core audience. Obviously, if you're not a fan of the show yet, you don't give a shit when it comes out. You're just going to come to it when you come to it. But I think in order of keeping your core audience, um, I think it's a pretty important part of it. Now, having said that, um, a lot of these basketball podcasts I listen to, they just drop whenever. You know, I listen to a podcast called The Low Post, Zach Lowe, who's like a reporter, I guess, for ESPN. I just kind of check my phone. You know, what I do personally is I have five or six podcasts that I listen to in pretty heavy rotation. And if I'm about to get on the subway, I open up my app. Who just dropped a new episode? And I think one of the things that Apple has done, which is really helpful, is now it shows you what's just been released that day. Mm. And then I just look and I just say, all right, who's got a new episode? So... I think that's kind of pulling a little bit away from you having to kind of keep an internal clock of what's happening and saying, okay, my favorite show drops on. Are you playing your uh, podcast? Yeah. I just opened up lip service while I was going through my okay. app. Right there. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's how I do it. You know, when you think about podcasting and yeah. you think about, uh, you know, it's funny because I think like podcasting has almost made people feel like they're celebrities, but they're not. Right? It's dangerous, right? It is dangerous. You know why I want to say that for? It's it, not dangerous. It's annoying. It, but why? Why do you say it's annoying? I don't know. But then again, what's a celebrity in 2018 anyway? That's true. The reason why I say that for is because, like, look, even myself, I feel thankful. I feel blessed. Almost, like, I could sit here and say, like, look, I I, I put in, I made, I, I, what do they say? You made your bones? What do they call it, right? I put in a lot of work. Right. I've had moments that I'm forever blessed and thankful. How about this? Before I would say, you know, and I, I think I said this before, I was in Atlanta. I couldn't get a, a flight home. My, my, I, I couldn't, my uh, ticket, I had, may have had to wait to the next flight. I went up to the counter and uh, I was like, look, uh, you know, I was like, the guy said, can I help you? I said, look, I'm just trying to get on the flight. I don't have a seat. I don't have anything. He said, are you premium Pete? I said, what do you mean? He goes, I can hear your voice. I just got done listening to an episode. Look, I'm going to sit you actually in uh, business class, so don't oh, worry shit. about it. Uh, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. Say hello to Combat Jack. This I think that's an official. So that was that's one. That's a moment. That's that, a level. That's a very big moment. I'm waiting for that. I've been in places. How about this? I do want to say this, right? Yeah. And I'll say this. I've been in places with my daughter in Jersey. Right. In a mall. And somebody, and you know, and someone come up to me. I've been in places with my friends I grew up with who don't understand any of this. Who someone came up to me like, who the fuck wants to fucking take? Somebody asked to take a picture. Take a picture with you. So the point I'm trying to make is with all that, there's plenty of people who I speak to, who I get introduced to. They say, hey, you know, premium Pete, that they not they don't know me. So the point I'm trying to make is, I I don't ever take that for granted. But I do believe that podcast has people thinking that everybody knows who the fuck they are. It's a it's a weird. They don't. They don't. Yeah, it's a weird uh, energy because I get that sometimes too. Like there are people who know who I am, and it really surprises me. And I can tell they're like really excited to talk to me. Sure. But ninety nine point nine percent of the, you know, no, most people have no idea who I am. But now I kind of catch myself. Like, are people? Do people know me in a space? Like, it's kind of a weird sort of existence but i i don't think it's specific to podcasting i mean i think it's i think it's kind of like what social media has done which is kind of level the playing field in a way or open it up i mean i'm sure there are people who get recognized for their tweets or their instagram posts or their facebook posts 
Uh, you know, like that's the type of yeah. You know, like I've gotten stopped on the street. Uh, I've gotten stopped on the street with my kids, which I like because I just kind of was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a They're nice no look for my kids. You know, like <laughs> you see that. You know, yeah. um, and if this shit was happening when I was twenty five, I'd probably be really fucking into it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think as you get older, you're kind of like, all right, well, what does this really mean for my bottom line? Right. Yeah doesn't really mean that much. I will say this. Yeah. Uh, you want people uh, to remember you and uh, know your work. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. But I will say this. Internet, yourself, don't ever forget that your plan is to for you to know your worth. And what I mean by that is in 20 years from now, if you could sit back and live off of what you, your work created, nobody's going to really care about who you know knowing you and what. Like, find out what's more important to you. Some people like to do shit for uh, props and fame. Right, right, right. And some people like to do shit to provide a life for them, you know? Well, look, you got to eat. That's the first order sure. of business, right? But then I think when you pull the camera back a little bit, you know, like my hope is that, you know, there'll be a book written about podcasting at some point, right? Mm. A proverbial book. I'm hoping that this is a chapter, Mm. You know, or part of a chapter. I would love to see it. Listen, was there was there ever a podcast that uh, you really enjoyed, but it didn't work with the fans, so you had to give it the axe? Uh, Outside of sneaker fiends. (laughs) Hey, that's personal, right there. That's personal. But Uh, you also did admit that uh, you made a mistake. Sneaker fiends was one is one of my regrets. I'll say it on the record again. We should have we should have rocked with sneaker fiends longer. Uh, The audience doesn't know this, but after a maybe 30-something year hiatus. Uh, Pete has brought me back into the sneaker game. Again, you can't see this. Oh, I guess I can see this right now. What well, I can see, yeah. What do I got on? I don't even know Adidas, what I have. The Adidas Ultra Boost? The I par- went with... Uh, the Parley collab? I went with... Pete took me to Flight Club. He was very kind. He took me to Flight Club sure. last week and personally helped me pick out several pairs. Well, of I wanted you... Let me, let me let the internet know because some people think like when you go to Flight Club, you're only buying expensive sneakers. We went and bought um, simple, clean casual and comfortable right okay my man chris morrow hit me and was like yo pete man the adidas ultra boost i feel like i'm walking on fucking clouds right and, and it is it, to me it's one of the most comfortable sneakers uh of the past uh decade you know or more well it's funny so can i tell the whole story about why i asked you for help in the first place i mean good so i don't know i was watching succession i don't know if anybody out there watched that but without giving a spoiler there's a character who's like trying to start a uh a startup company i mean he's a rich guy but he's trying to seem hip to a younger demo so he has to get the right pair of sneakers and i forget the pair he ends up buying with it's like a french brand it's like mm. levin or something like mm. that it's like 700 dollars a sneaker so i was like looking it up afterwards and i, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole of and i landed in this several articles about ceos of different companies what sneakers they wear. And apparently like that's a statement. Like every CEO has to have like their signature shoe and what it says about them and all this shit. And I was like, damn, like, you know, cause I told Pete, like I was heavy into sneakers in the early eighties. And then I totally checked out of the game mm-hmm. after when Jordan's got released. I thought that was corny because that was the first time I saw people who weren't real sneaker heads kind of rush into the space after they start having like sure. the Mars black. Sure. And I was like, I'm done with this. Shit. You know, cause I used to, go to the stores and like really try to find like all the kicks everywhere. And then once Jordan's came into it, I kind of checked out 
So I always wore Stan Smiths after that because that was something that I'd worn back in the day, and you know I still like them. Queen and Queen and Comfortable. You can't, you can't go wrong with Stan Smiths, right? So, but then I started reading these articles, and I was like, motherfucker, man, like I gotta have, mm. I gotta take this seriously. Sure. So I called up Pete and I said, Pete, you know, like you gotta help me. What do I, what do I do here? We we, we still haven't got you fully there yet, though. Well, Pete wants to get me in some Jesuses, and I'm not, I'm not ready to go there yet. <laughs> I'm, I, you. <laughs> I think I think the reason why I say that for is because first of all, you know, um whether you, you know the Yeezys are comfortable. I will say that. They are comfortable. Some of them like the wave runners and all them are too much of a boat for me. Right. You know, uh I'm not into boat, you know, uh sneakers. And to be honest with you, I'm not into sneakers where if they weren't Yeezys that people would be like, "Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with that." Exactly. You know, you, and that's why I said to you, I was like, "Look, man, like I I can't buy some shit just because it's hype. Like, I got to like the sneaker. Sure. I got to like the look of it. Sure. I got to try it on. Like, these feel great. Sure. And right? they feel like they're you. Right. That's I wouldn't have picked this style. You had to You had to give me the confidence to do that. I would have gotten a different. But they feel tremendous. And I like, it's clean. Sure. And then, but now you got on, now you can get a couple different styles in the same pair, you know? So what's your ultimate uh, vision for me? And sneakers? Yeah. Uh, it's gonna take us a while, but okay. I, but I think because it's funny because I because you sent me over a list and I was like, uh, what the fuck? Like, where did he find? He find these Alexander Wangs, you know? It's like fucking brown corduroy, you know? You said like, the uh, Ronnie, the Ronnie Five that I picked out were fire. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Approve those. Yeah, the New Balance ones. So I have a whole thing now where I find sneakers and then I send Peter link and I say, Premium Peter approves, yes or no, and then he can tell me. Uh, yeah, no, listen, he finds them. I'm I'm, I'm proud you came a, a long way, you know. Hey, listen, you know, uh, rest in peace to our brother Combat Jack. He got his first pair of Jordans at 50 years old. Right. And I was the reason why, you know? So it's like. I might be on that same uh, path. <laughs> I might be on that plan. Then. And, then, and then I don't know if you realize, but then he went ham with it after a while. Well, that's, you know, that's my problem is now, like even tonight, I'm looking and see what everybody's wearing, right? You know, like I didn't pay attention to people's sneakers for now. I'm sure. like. What's he wearing? What? You're like, what's he wearing? What's yeah, he wearing? What's it, like, you know. Um, so I got to kind of try to curb my enthusiasm a little bit because even like yesterday I sent you, what were those? The pro. Uh, yeah. It's a Adidas. Uh, those they, are boats though, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, they're those bulky. are boats. They're bulky. Yeah, I can't pull the trigger on those. Listen, as long as you can, one thing I liked about it is your purchases were clean, comfortable, and they stay true to who you are. Okay. You that's know, all. that's it. Listen, Chris is uh, staying fresh out here. And it was as we wind this episode down. Okay. You uh, you think about it. Everybody thinks they could start a business, become, yeah. become an entrepreneur, start a network, start a podcast. Think about it. We start off by saying there's so many networks in this game. Yes. What is a day in the life of Chris Morrow? Like, meaning, like, what time you get up? What time you going to bed? What's, you know... You really want to know? Yeah, I do. I do. So one of the problems with limes is you can't... You can fall, well, for me, everybody's different. I fall asleep, but I can't, I wake up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So I got to take all sorts of crazy fucking drugs and supplements to try to make it through the night. Do you have one of those things that have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Man, I got that. I got fucking eye masks. I got fucking earplugs. I'm like a 90-year-old man, man. Like, I got the whole... You know what's crazy? You think about when we just meet a girl. As for a guy, and I'm sure for a girl, for a guy. Right. Imagine you just met your wife, well, she was your girl at the time, or a date. And she you always lay, says that to me. She goes, were you doing this when we first started dating? And you lay in bed, yeah. and she turns around, and you got, like, this Batman, got fucking fucking, fucking mask on. 
masks on. I got earplugs on. I got head because one of the problems with limes is I'm really sensitive to sounds. I don't mean to laugh, but that's no, I mean it's true. I mean we funny. have these conversations, so I'm lying there. I got the fucking head. I have headphones like that, like studio headphones. I put earplugs in first, then I put headphones, then I wear a night mask, and then I take my little pills, and I'm all fucking. She's like, "Who are you?" You know, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I definitely was not doing that when I was. Uh, Courting, as they say. Yeah, no, right. So, go ahead. So, so yeah. So, I wake up. I'm groggy. I'm tired. I get my kids to school. Um, and then, you know, every day is different. Like, that's one of the nice things about um, doing it on your own. I don't have a set schedule I got to follow. Um, if a show's recording and I need to be there, I'm going to the recording. If I have a meeting, I need to be there. Uh, loudspeakers does not have an offices. We have a studio. So a lot of the meetings I take will be at various um, studios, studios or, uh, you know, hotels are great places to have meetings, you know, so go to a lot of different hotel bars or stuff like that. Um, I spend a lot of time sitting on my bed making phone calls. Mm. Why on your bed? Why sitting on your bed? Um, Because there's construction going on outside of my building and my bedroom's like the quietest room okay, in the okay, right okay. now. It's like. That's probably the real reason. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I have a lot of flexibility in terms of my day, uh, which is what's nice about it. Uh, you know, the, if there's a downside to it is I'm never not working. Mm, mm. You don't know um, when to shut it off. There's no shutting it off. Um, you know, again, you know, my wife is, you know, it's 1230 and I'm checking, you know, Andrew Schultz is texting you again. Tell him to fucking leave you alone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, come like, on, Chris. But you don't understand. We got to record idiots tomorrow. And it's, you know, uh, the first, you know, and this is a problem. And this, like, literally, this is like an addiction. Whenever I get up, the first thing I do is check my phone. Mm. Who texted me over? You know, what happened? What do I got to deal with? What fires I got to put out? That's today? not a good way to start your day. That's not a healthy way to start your day. So. So what do you suggest? Oh, I know exactly what I should do. I just don't do it. Mm. I should go fucking meditate for 25 minutes. Then I should do some yoga. Then I should have breakfast. And then I should start my day and check my phone. Mm. But I don't do that. I pick up my phone and I check it. Mm. So I got to work on that. Um, You know, but the days are long. You know, know, Wednesdays are my longest days. um, Because I also work with the breakfast club. So on Wednesdays, we tape with them and then after that we tape idiots and then the read um tapes at night you know so wednesdays for me can start at 7 a.m and end at, you know 11 or 12 at night sure. um and i'm not a young kid anymore so that's uh putting the work in put, put, putting putting the work in but uh you know there's not and i think it's not just for me i mean i think this is going to be true in the future for everybody there's the whole idea of like a nine to five schedule i think is kind of out the out the door. Out the door. Yeah. Um, because I don't think there's a job out there, that, at least anything remotely creative, where at 5 o'clock you're done and no one's texting you or emailing you or sending you stuff. Um, we're all working all the time. Mm. So, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine in Dallas the other day about this, and I was like, you got to try to work for yourself, man, because you're putting in the hours as if you're self-employed, but you're doing it for somebody else. Sure, sure. So, you know, you could be working for a company, you can be working for a startup. Somebody's texting you at 10 p.m. 
Someone's texting you at 11. You're checking your phone at 7 a.m. That's the shit you're supposed to do when you're working for yourself. Because when you're working for yourself, it's easier to justify that because you get the freedom. You know, we were looking, uh, I was talking to my wife last night. We were like, oh shit, uh, October 8th is President's Day. The kids are off from school. Yeah, I'll take off Friday. I can do that. Mm. You can't do that. I'm not trying to give like a Dame Dash no, 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 here, but like, no, no. You know what? You know what? You you bring up a good point. And I, actually, I want to say something because I just had a, a, a conversation earlier today with a friend of mine who works for Con Edison for 17 years, and uh, he is young, same right. age as me. Works for Con Ed 17 years, makes probably you know a nice six figure job. Right? But that's a different type of job. But man. but wait, I yeah. want to tell you something. We started talking about what I do versus what he does. Yeah. And he was explaining his, 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 his the pluses and minuses. He was like, Pete, to be honest with you, I would love to to have, you know, where I'm not doing the same thing all the time and where I'm creative. And, and you know what? Keep in mind, I'm only making what Con Ed is going to pay me. Right. I'm not like, you know, and somebody like me could make money from here, 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 and here. But at the same time, I told them, but at the end of the day, sometimes like I'll do a little deal three months, six months. After that six months, I don't know what to do. The point I'm trying to make is what value in a steady check. Why I'm scared about, but not well. Yeah, I could say something I'm scared about. At least what he's doing, even though it's not, he he can't pick up his kids from school like I can. He can't do a lot of things. He can plan, but in 20 years from now, yeah, his his pension, his his his. Where is the entrepreneur's pension needs to be made him made themselves? Yeah. And it takes a lot to start to do that. You need to make calls a big deal to be able to start put away for yourself. Like honestly, you know what? I didn't even know we were going to go here. Uh, listen, but, I'll tell you the but truth. How, how do you? How we, I'm terrified. Okay, I'm fucking terrified. This is a young man's sport. If you're in media, right? Um, there's no pension. There's no union. Um, I hope to be alive for another. 30-something years. I hope to be providing for my family, my kids for a third level. Like, I can't get caught up in what's just happening right now. Mm. Like, I have to try to think about this long-term. And I have to be real. You know, I was reading the other day, they call people, I think it's over 40 grays now. Grays? That's the that's the term. And, like, they'll be like, and again, I'm talking more in, like, the media space. You know, I'm not talking about Con Ed. But, like, sure. They'll be like, well, we already have two grays on the team. We don't need another gray. Mm. You know, like, I'm like, fuck, man. Mm. I'm a gray. That's funny. The only time I ever heard gray was uh, when um, I I remember when, it's funny to even think about that, but I remember one day when I went over, uh, I was dating this girl, and uh, she was was, uh, Jamaican. Now, I'll never forget her, her, her grandfather was there, and he was calling me gray people. She was like, he's like, oh, I didn't know you were dating the gray people. And I was like, gray? I was like, and, I, and then I remember when we went in the next room, I was like, how am I gray? I was like, I thought I'm white. And then I went back outside, and I was like, but, you know, I remember telling him, I'm Italian, buddy. And he's like, yeah, 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 gray. That's funny. So when I go to visit my wife's family in Taiwan, uh, in Taiwanese, I think, you know, the term for white people is atoga, I mm, think. And I'm yeah. like, you know, so I hear people kind of in the speech, I mean, peppering like atoga, blah, blah, blah. Huh? What, 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 what what's that mean? Atoga, big nose ghost. Really? And I was like, I was like, I guess they got me. Now they start. <laughs> I remember you saying that they they talking the they talking her language. You don't even know what the hell they're saying. Nah, and I wanna uh, the the 
the craziest thing is there's a very common word in Taiwanese. It could be like the equivalent of the or then or something that sounds almost identical to the N-word. Mm. And so, like, people will be talking and I'm constantly like, just like, <laughs> what? You know, like, <laughs> you know, but like all the time in conversation, I'm just like, because you... When you're around people who are speaking a language that you don't understand, it kind of just, you tune it out after like two seconds sure, sure. until you hear a word that you know. Sure. And that's the word that, I, you know, so I keep kind of like, I'm like spacing out and then I'm constantly like swinging my head around like, who just said that? And then I'm like, oh, it's, you know, they just said, and then he, you know. They, that's they, classic. not a slur. That's classic. Listen, uh, you know, family, family, uh, family moments are very, uh, are always classic. Um What's next for Loudspeakers Network? Uh, you know, um, that's a great question. It's a question that uh, I spend a lot of time uh, trying to figure out. Um, you know, I think it's going to be part of the building of that town. Sure. You know, I think we're going to be part of that town. I hope we're going to be part of that. Um, and I think for us, the challenge is going to be like to become part of that more corporate system, but maintain a l- little bit. Of the soul, sure. Um, is there is there any um, is there any uh, breaking uh, news? You there's going to be breaking news. I'm not going to drop it now because I've thought this is going to be. What about Mogul? Is Mogul uh, coming back? Mogul's coming back. We're still trying to figure out the details of that. Nice, but uh, Mogul will be coming back. Any new additions? There's going to be some people coming. Okay, I've, you know, <laughs> you'll recall this. Um, I always used to fight with Reggie. Don't say shit until it's yeah, yeah, until it happens. Why? Come on. Yeah, I was like. Because sometimes it doesn't happen. You want to do it for the gram. Yeah, so I'm not going to... I got a lot of stuff I could say. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just again, it's, it's finding that balance. Um, you know, we went down to that podcasting convention. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. And uh, there was a moment down there where uh, I saw Barry playing a... She, they had like some Pac-Man game set up. Barry, mm-hmm. who does all our social media. Pod, uh, podcast in color yeah podcast in color which is her handle shouts to big Barry. you guys should follow that if you don't follow that so anyway she was standing there with like uh it was like five other black women they're all kind of like and i just kind of like walked up kind of like boldly and like because i hadn't seen barry yet and i said excuse me and like went up to barry and they all kind of like were like who's this who's this what they said who's this white guy who just walked up on us like that and i was like oh i'm on chris and they're like oh you're chris morrow and i was like yeah you know so i started talking to them and, um, you know, they're talking about, like, they weren't comfortable at the conference and they w- weren't feeling included. And then, you know, we started talking about loudspeakers and, you know, I forget exactly who said it to me, but she's like, you got to understand, like, you have a real duty. Mm. You know, you have a real commitment you have to make because she's like, you have to understand a lot of people in this space who felt shut out from podcasting who felt like they didn't belong in the space, got into it because of loudspeakers. Sure. And got comfortable because of loudspeakers. And Loudspeakers is the army. Right. Better, better yet, the Navy. And you can't now get a little bit of traction or whatever and forget about it. Like, you got this is This is the community that put you on. Uh, what are you going to do for that community? Sure. And I was like, fair point, man. Like, so I think that's... That's something we got to figure out. You know, I think we do a good job of it, mm. uh, but I think we have to 
you know, keep in mind where we came from while going forward. Sure. Let me tell you, um, this is the last one. You know, some you know, we kind of touched on it, but I definitely want you to put your uh, your ending spin on it. Somebody's listening, you know, multiple people that do a podcast, one person does a podcast, um, whatever it is, and their hopes and dreams are to maybe get on a network or or you know further it or be a player in the game. Yeah. What's your advice to them? Don't don't care about a network, man. Mm. Like mm-hmm. don't figure out what your story is. What's your best story? What's the story that you we all got stories, right? Wherever you come from, you've got something that uh is singular to you but is also kind of universal at the same time. And a lot of times those are like stories that we're not comfortable maybe sharing or, you know, are difficult. And it might take a while to figure out what that story even is. But that's that's what you want to go out there with. Mm. Um, what you're passionate about, who you are. Uh, there's fake podcasts don't make it, mm. right? Organic podcasts make it. And if you have an organic podcast and you've really poured a lot of your thought into it and time into it network could be extremely helpful but at the end of the day people are going to listen sure and it's going to bubble and what you got to do is you got to come out there with that instead of what it feels easy or quick or you know right in front of you take your time there it is listen internet the uh, pod father the one and only cheer chris morrow all right Internets, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Peach Show? Email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com and let's get working. Okay, make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms or podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you next episode. Cheer.